I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Red Men Radio. It's episode number 71. Guess who's back? Back Hi. again. It's me. It's Paul Machen. In body, but not necessarily in spirit. That's fine. Um, we've got a great kickoff question coming from Luke Sandbrook today, and it's football related and it's Liverpool related, so you don't have to go mental on your keyboards. If you could go back it's in not time, death of animal related, which is always a good thing. Mm. We can make it that way. No, nope, that's, that's not. We've done that once before. Never again. The Red Men team. No, no, this is a great question. It's boss mate. If you could go back in time to any Liverpool game and take one current Liverpool player with you, which match would you replay and who would you take with you, Mister Paul Mitchell? So it turns out that, that, that there's a a couple of games that we've all got on the brain when it comes to this one. Si had a great shout. He said Allison Kiev, uh, which <laughs> which you know what I, I we could just stop it there because yeah. we'd have six European Cups. We'd all be loads happy. Yeah, yeah. I am. Um, the first one that came to my mind was Jordan Henderson against That's Chelsea in thirteen fourteen. Um, but my only thing with that is that he doesn't. The Jordan Henderson we've got now isn't the Jordan Henderson that we had then. I don't think Jordan Henderson, I think he's a much better all-round footballer now than he was then, but he hasn't got the, I don't think he's got the pace of the engine that he had in 13-14, so he plays Gerrard's position, which we don't need in, in that team. So I am taking Mohamed Salah back to Athens. Well, that's really nice of you, you got to pick three things and poo-poo my answer, all in your answer. Great. Nice start to the show, Paul. Absolutely fantastic. Here's why Chris is wrong about Henderson and Jordan. Uh, so go, and expand Jordan on your thinking while on your I incorrect go, answer. While I go and give you Salad <laughs> Athens and also the funny answer, which wasn't even your answer, which was size answer, that you did give him credit. Nice. Nice to see you again. Have you had a nice week <laughs> off, mate? You better fucking not leave me fucking hanging. You better fucking take that fucking hand. So... So why did why Jordan Henderson? I never said I never said Jordan Henderson to Chelsea. Just give me a minute to think of an answer, <laughs> will yeah? Um, I'm taking Jordan Henderson to Chelsea. And I'm taking Jordan Henderson to Chelsea because he was what was missing. He he could have given us that league title, and I don't care that he's not quite the same player. Listen, you could take Salah to Athens, but he's never played with that team. Yeah. So Jordan Henderson does know how that team works. You might you might be screaming at, at your phone or your headphones now. Take Naby Keita. Screaming at your headphones. I don't know why. Like Paul. <laughs> They've all got mics in them, lad. Absolutely. So you can do that nowadays. You know, ah! three years ago, I'd have been a right tiff for saying that. Yeah. But 
now Jordan Henderson because he knows what he knows what's needed. He knows what that side needed, and he can be that for one night only. One night only. I like the idea of um. I think this will be a much more prevalent answer probably by the end of the season. But Naby Keita in that game, doing that, doing the Jordan Henderson, being that. Box to box, every blade of grass uh, midfield. He's much better be. suited for it nowadays, anyway. Mm. So we'll go into the news in brief, and then we're going to talk about Liverpool uh, versus Palace. Then we're going to talk about our Premier League rivals. I enjoyed this last week with Steve. Uh, it's nice to sort of get out of our normal wheelhouse and talk about some other sides and um, just be dead biased while we're talking about them, to be honest. And then we're going to do your questions at the end. So the news in brief, Carius is pretty much gone mm-hmm. now to Besiktas. Um, Something like a £2 million loan fee, two-year deal, £7.25 is going to be given to Liverpool at the end of that. Absolutely, like, mind-bogglingly good business from Liverpool if you think that he's completely bottomed out. Yeah, when you consider that we, you know, effectively we'll be making a profit on a guy Doubling who, our money. More or less on a guy who, at the minute now, you, he's almost not a not a player. You know what I mean? He's just taking up a space in in, in the squad in terms of how, how useful he is for, for you at the minute. Um, I, I'm I, as with anything. I put a, a tweet out about this yesterday, and it's funny how angry people are around this. I, I just I know I know what he did. I'm not stupid. I was there. I was literally there when he made the mistakes in the uh, in the Champions League final. But um, I, I I wish him. I, you know, I just wish him all the best more than anything. Like because I do. Mignolet's fine, isn't he? But I still I, I can't understand how we've ended up coming out of a, a summer transfer window with Simon Mignolet as our second-choice goalkeeper when we've let two guys who... And look, we can talk about the qualities and, and whatever, if we wish to, but um, I think two of the goalkeepers who suit our style of play better. I think what, we, what we'll see is Liverpool move for a goalkeeper in January yeah, and Simon Mignolet go out. Yeah. And I think Klopp's taking a calculated risk on this one is that somebody's coming in and, and we're getting good value for money on Loris Karius yeah. right now and we're maybe not on Simon Mignolet but a few months down the line when everybody's shitting themselves about staying in the league or something, mm-hmm. someone will come in for Simon Mignolet and maybe spend a bit of money. It's interesting that we've got that clause in the effectively, we're, se- we're effectively selling Karius to Besiktas unless he's terrible. Um, in which case, because what I mean by this is there's no well where we're sending him out to rehabilitate him. Liverpool are not looking to get Loris Karius back off the end of this deal because if he play, if he's good and he rehabilitates himself, he's going to play for Besiktas. He's going to tick all the boxes and he's going to complete his, his move there. So um, it is a, yeah, I mean, it, it, tells you, it tells you all you need to know. And if Liverpool don't that's want it, him, then that's it, all sound. It, it tells it? you exactly what Liverpool spending nearly 70 million quid on a goalkeeper tells you. Yeah. That Alisson's the number one at Liverpool for now and the foreseeable. Yeah. So, of course, we were going to be getting rid of Carius. It's just about when, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so we'll move on then. Hillsborough charges against Sir Norman Betterson have been dropped. Uh, just a little warning from us. You can do your own read and BBC News is always a good place to do this. But do not not talk about it on social media or anything like that because if you truly want the families to get justice then you have to keep your water to yourselves on this one so we'll move on from that one Liverpool um, the City Council is actually looking into plans from Liverpool FC Paul to stage uh, 10 Anfield concerts or other sporting events per season now the residents of Anfield have said that they don't don't want it to happen obviously Mm -hmm. it's it's abrupt is that the right word? too abruptive? Yeah, to have these type of games anyway. Even if it's a new word, it's a word what, that I understood the, the context of. Disruptive. Disruptive. There we go. Fucking hell, mate. This is what three hour, three and a half hours sleep does to a man. Yeah. Um, Over a four-year period. What? Over, yeah. 
exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, inevitably, they, uh, you know, if we're talking about we're talking about how hard it is for for someone like Loris Carius. Imagine he was Loris Carius, but he had to live in Anfield over the last thirty years. Like, I mean, yeah, that. I mean, the 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 locals haven't had it easy over this time, and I understand all that. I mean, the problem is, is that that's not going to get less. Anfield is going to become more and more of a destination. It's going to become busier and busier. And what's hopefully, going, what's going on with the the like the the support network? You know, the rail buses and all that. Isn't that supposed to have all been? It's probably all of all the funds have probably been diverted by by Big Fat Mayor Joe to uh, it's not Everton's fucking new, potholes. I'll tell Everton's you, it's not that, mate. <laughs> Saying that they've sorted the road outside, you know, to stop a Oh, one road, fantastic. Well, yeah, but it was horrendous. To be fair, to be like, f- you still have to dodge the speed bumps. Yeah, I sure. mean, if they're going to sort anything, sort the big gap that you can get a car through in between the speed bumps. I mean, I don't want you to do that. No, because then I'll have to actually drive over some of the worst speed bumps. Speak nose. Please don't do that. Um, um, no, I. Um, interestingly, they're talking NFL games. So, sorry, residents of Anfield. <laughs> Chris Pajak is throwing his almighty weight behind said move. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, fans, sound. I, I mean, big venues do that. I, I don't know what it means as a financial boon to, to Liverpool, but if it is one, if it... I miss Anfield being available for other things. Like I, we, We've talked about it plenty of times in the past. Yeah, like, well, no, no, not, not even that. The England playing at Anfield, that kind of stuff. And... I want Anfield to be a, a, a venue in that regard. You know, they're doing it with the with the Etihad. They obviously play gigs and, and that, what have you. And you can, yeah, if you get you get to Liverpool to be doing that, it means that when maybe like when a major tournament comes around, you've got a case study there that says it's capable of doing all these things and handling all these different types of events and that. Like, so yeah, fine. And if it means I get to see like if Paul McCartney plays at Anfield. Or That's you get much. Oasis at Anfield, or the Foo Fighters at Anfield, or whatever. Then again, Anfield residents, I am dreadfully sorry. And look, if it's if it's look, we're joking. If there is really serious ramifications, obviously we'll cover all that kind of stuff in in, in due course. But no, I am um, on a pure selfish top line level seeing major artists just in the city of Liverpool. Mate, we've got a parking space right by there. It's true. It's true. I mean? Yeah, but you know, we we lived. We, we think about the money you could we, save. We grew it's like up. six quid there, yeah, mate. Absolutely. Fine. Every time you go to a gig, if you if you do that, that's you, like six pounds a year. You pay for every tenth gig you go to, just in the money you're saving in parking. Um, like we grew up. Cost a coffee, coffee stamp, isn't it? Absolutely. We grew up in Liverpool when there were no major concert venues. Everything was either the Royal Court when you could fit about three people in there. Um, obviously, you've got the I Liverpool Echo doing Arena. That. I like, all about yeah. That, so yeah. you know. If Liverpool can host mega events, then yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, final little piece of news in brief. Uh, Clavin's gone to Calgary. Uh, I'm a little bit gutted about this one. I I don't see the sense in this move. See, I'm le- I, I'm less asked about this than I am about the Carius one because I. I Clavin's fine, isn't he? He's exactly. just fine. <laughs> exactly. I, I, just, I can't. I've got no feelings one way or the other towards Ragnar Clavin. He is another one of those. Uh, someone, uh, someone, I tweeted something about, and someone else tweeted back. Like, I think you can 100% say that without doubt, uh, Ragnar Clavin was a, a centre back for Liverpool. He was. There's not much more that you can <laughs> no, say. It's exactly. a great tweet that actually. Yeah, fine, absolutely fine. We my, wish him all the best. My issue again. with it is that you know we don't have another left-sided centre half really. Yeah. One that fits the mold. You know what I mean? Joel Matip, fine for right. Days on Lovren, fine, right, whenever we saw him at left, although we were told he was a left centre-half to begin with. 
You never really cut the mustard well, there. Well, we still, we'd still would say that Lovren was a left-sided centre-half, wouldn't but, you? you know? But from what I've seen, he wasn't very good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen him be really good at the right-sided yeah. centre-half. And I, I like Carvin. I thought he was a good squad player. I think he, I imagined that he'd be good for the squad. But this is the manager that we've got. Yeah. These are the decisions that he makes based on the humans that yeah, he's got in his squad. And I wouldn't swap that for the world. Well, I'm just disappointed that it's him that's well, gone. He, well, it's telling that he came out in his press conference, didn't he? He was talking about the squad depth. And he basically said... This is the situation we're in. If you're the kind of person who's not happy with the situation you're in, then effectively, I don't want you at the, yeah. at, at the football club. And it's interesting that that would happen around a time when you know we're shipping carriers out, that you're seeing Clavan go out, and maybe a couple. I don't think it will relate to some of the younger lads, but someone like a Clavan. Fair play. Look, he's been given an option of being part of what could be a very successful Liverpool side this year, or going to play for Calgary. He always wanted to play in Serie A. Yeah, he was a Calgary not? fan when he was a kid. Yeah, of course he was growing up, like, absolutely. Um, Interesting, though, that... I, I Actually, no, a question for you. Is his stock risen since he's been at Liverpool? Do you think in Europe? Yeah, absolutely. That's decent, that, isn't it, yeah. for a player who moved at that age for that sum of money yeah, to go 100%. out and uh, people think he's a better player now? Well, this is the point. No one had heard of Ragnar. We played against him twice and I had no well, memory of his existence. The heard of Ragnar yeah, of they had, they've heard of everything, haven't they? Um, but yeah, just not fucking socks. Yeah, just not just not socks and showers. Um, the yeah, the Clavan thing. You're right. Look, he's, he's now a Liverpool Liverpool defender. That carries that carries way. Fair play to him. And but uh, yeah, he 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 goes down more fondly remembered than a few than you know a lot of centre halves we've had over the years. But also. Big shrug. Okay, we get to talk about it. I've not spoken to you about it. You were at Sellers Park last night. Yeah. You got to witness Liverpool dog out a victory there based on defence. 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 Wow. Not I got away for a week. Offence. <laughs> so you've been unchecked for a week, haven't you? It's yeah, true, mate. Absolutely. I was talking to a guy the other day, Paul. I, I think... Was it fifth? No. Don't judge people like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to a guy the other day and we were talking about we were talking about the American footy. I can't remember if I told you this or not. And we had this conversation for about five minutes or something and then he goes, I went, what are you talking about there, mate? And he's going, you know, the American footy. I was like, we're not having the same conversation here, bud. And he's like, yeah, Rooney's just gone there. I was like, no, 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 that's not the American football, mate. <laughs> but he's technically right. Absolutely. He's right, I'm in the um, wrong game. He footy, was talking yeah, about the MLS. The footy in America? If you'd said it that way, you'd have had no and doubt I got what onto you were it talking about. It was about 10 minutes before I got onto it, like, yeah. which is a bit worrying. It says that I'm not a great listener. Something my wife probably knows already. So Crystal Palace. Yeah, we beat them by two goals to nil, Paul. We did, and um, it was magnificent. Barring a couple of uh, a couple of hairy moments, you know, there, uh, there was there was a point where I with about what ten fifteen to go, I was looking at it and going, I'd be happy with one nil here. I didn't think that going into the game. I, I really wanted us to put on a display. I want us to end Roy Hodgson forever and ever and ever because I'm just so embittered He's about got a his good time. Side there, though, He's got a bloody good side there. Um, they are. They they've got. Imagine what he could do with a centre forward. If if yeah. Well, this is the thing. The problem is, of course, is that if you, in order to get a better version of the centre forward that he needs to improve that side, you've got to go and buy Lewandowski, yeah. or you've got to go and buy Cristiano Ronaldo, or you've got to go and buy, you know, whatever. Someone um, with feet so would probably do the job, to, to be yeah. fair. There's like. a limit to what he's uh, he's always going to be able to do, but he's got, I think he's kind of looked out to some extent. Like, you know, he's looked out to a side that's got a good, a good solid target. Know, man. I can see that you can be completely impartial on uh, judging no, Roy Hodgson's well, allow side. Me, allow he's to... completely locked out there. Oh, no, he has. That's because think about the teams that he's had and the teams that he's had to construct. Like, 
he's fallen ass backwards into Wambasaka being a thing. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, he's just yeah, he's just stumbled upon yeah. the best right back this country's ever developed, um, apart from Trent Alexander Arnold. Um, and save. to be honest, I, take your pick. You know, I think that I, I, that Wambasaka is a very very exciting player. He's got Zahar, who's who's just entering the prime. I love how both career. me and you don't know his name. What? Adam Wambasaka. Adam Wan Basaka? Basaka, Basaka. Whatever I said was right. Okay. Um, the you've now I now it's like when you hear something too many times. Okay. Words lost all meaning. Um, he's just got loads of pace. He's got talented players. What if you know? I mean, this is true of loads of teams. But what happens when you take one of those players, important players out of that team? Like he takes a heart out, and they just don't win football matches. So you know what I mean. I, I, I give him limited praise in that regard. I think he's. I think he's got a great side there, and I actually think Christian Benteke is a good fit for them. Mm. It's just unfortunate that he can't finish. But the others, well, not for, yeah, for him and them, yeah, a little the, bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. For as all the games, like, for all, I don't really give a shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think he'll change him either because he's getting he's getting bits out of the two lads out of the side. He's getting bits out of town. And, the, and, and Zaha so it's good why are we talking about Palace Liverpool won last well, night well no because it's interesting because the I think it, it helps to qualify what Liverpool did there and I think there'll be people who looked at this weekend's results and looked at what Man City did and I can already I can feel it I can feel I've got the, the uh, tendrils are out there and I can feel the emotional currents of these people who are it's already Tom counting staring at you yeah, again the, counting the goal difference already yeah. and people are looking at that 6-1 it's victory it's only one isn't it yeah, exactly. But people are looking at the gold. Look, <laughs> there are, are definitely at... some people out there looking at the gold. Absolutely, I am not one of them. And I am absolutely one of them. Uh, there's people who are doing that and they're going to they're going to watch every minute of footy that Man City play this season and they're going to end up Don't really, really yourselves. upset. Don't they're going to end yourselves. up really upset. Um, and it, and it, it's very, it would be very easy to go, oh, Crystal Palace, uh, Roy Hodgson. We should be Crystal Palace. Uh, Man City won six one, so Liverpool need to win seven one this week. It's not how it works. That's a dead good side. In a you know, uh, albeit there was there was zero atmosphere generated by their fans last night, but normally a very difficult ground to, to go to as well. And yeah, you know, so a, a two 0 win on on the on the balance of things taken in context. That's a brilliant win for Liverpool. It gave me more satisfaction than the 4 0 against West Ham because it's a much harder game and a much harder place to go to, and their qualities. They'll win a lot of football matches to the point where I was looking at last night and I turned around to people and said, they might be the best of the rest. Mm. Like, genuinely, it's going to be probably between them and Everton chasing down Arsenal. There's a and small, I can't see anyone else in that race. There's a small pack of teams, isn't there? And you've got like your, your Leicester are in there, and, yeah. there's, and there's maybe a Wolves, depending on how or well they Or a Watford, they, well if they, they can or hold or up for a whole, whole season. Or but they're definitely within that pack. The stability they've got of keeping Roy Hodgson as well for the for the season and having him build and whatever will will help them definitely. But um, no, I, listen, your your match reaction. I didn't I didn't have time to watch it last night, but Gomez was in the title, so I'm assuming that you thought he was sensational last I, night. I I did, yeah, I thought he was brilliant. I, I, it, it to the point where I, I I must have just been spending more time specifically watching him. Because everyone was raving about Van Dijk and fair play, it doesn't surprise me that Van Dijk was was brilliant. That for me was just a Van Dijk performance. That's how he plays. I watched Gomez with far more interest because it was something. It was actually something we were talking about in the build up to the West Ham game about this whole Gomez Trent partnership on the right hand side of defence and how that will be uh, perceived as a weakness by 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 opponents and how they will look to target us, and they did. 
Yeah. They absolutely did, and rightly so, because look, Trent had a bit of a, a bit of a torrid time last time at Selhurst Park. I thought he stepped up wonderfully as well. But Gomez, I just thought he was absolutely outstanding. For me, and I've just done the stats and tactics show, and we'll, we'll maybe do a little bit on the defence in a minute from that. But for me, I watched that guy, I fully went into that stats and tactics show, and I wanted to look at the defence, I wanted to look at Virgil van Dijk, and I wanted to look at Joe Gomez. And I went into it, and I rewatched it, and I, van Dijk, for me, stood out yesterday. But having watched it back, and I, I say this in the show, Gomez was much better. Van Dijk did the heading really well and he stands out because he's a fucking big guy yeah. and you can't help notice him but Joe Gomez man I mean I think I think if I remember the stats 14 times Trent went up against Zaha and he only won five of those duels whereas Joe Gomez was over there every single time covering that space covering for Trent when he goes forwards Um it was his reading of the game, it was his covering depth, it was his keeping his line with Virgil van Dijk, it was shouldering players off the ball, it was getting quick feet into Benteke, it was watching Benteke bring it down three times, he does this, he either chests it or knees it to take a second touch, and as soon as the ball's by his right foot, that's when Gomez tackles, he's not trying to get it when he's chesting it down, yeah. he's getting it when Benteke wants to get it under control, yeah. such a professional, experienced, mature performance. And when you consider and he was the same against West Ham, to be fair, and, and the bits we've seen of him in pre-season. He, he's not just in there like a rabbit in headlights going, do the job, tick the boxes, do the simple things, get it to... He just looks like he's meant to be in that team. And, you know, those a couple of those times when he when he, he does, he nip in, he'd nip in and carry the ball yeah. out as well. And the, the moment that stood out, and I think Ross referenced it on the on the final word, was the, there's a moment where Zaha goes through and Gomez just tracks him tracks him and goes in and wins the ball and I, as soon as he did that I was like that that right there because that was their moment that was their moment that was everything that they'd set up for and they banked on Joe Gomez not being good enough to handle yeah. Zaha doing that and turns out Gomez is I mean he's at least as fast as Zaha there were times yesterday when he looked faster he puts than the jet him. engines on a few times and starts yeah. pulling away like yeah and when you can see you know what he does as well he pushes off them. Yeah. As he's turning the corner with them, he'll just put a little arm on the shoulder and just stunt their movement and then sprint away. It's so clever, like he's brilliant. And 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 again, it's that pace thing that we were you know we were concerned about the inexperience. But the beauty is you can have inexperience, but if you've got pace, it you know it, it can bail you out of certain situations where both Trent and and Gomez have actually got really good. You know, the, the very game intelligence as well. Very bright lads when it comes to you know to footy. But in addition to that, if they do get caught and whatever, because look, from even from our very basic level of playing football in five a side, a little give and go and a ball around the corner for someone who's already in full full flight is a very difficult thing to defend at the best of times. And again, they tried that and they tried it and they tried it and they got zero joy out of Gomez, and that's all the testament in the world to him. Because um, yeah, look, this is we, we said this last the week before last it will have been about how he's being given this opportunity, he's not going to get this opportunity no. again to play games because if he's crap, Lovren will come back in and Lovren will just be the partner for Van Dijk until he gets in. And, and the, the thing that I saw from Gomez last night that I'd not seen from him before was that being aggressive into the challenge. I've not yeah. noticed that from him. And maybe it's because he doesn't do it at right back because it's the wrong position yeah. to do it. But, you know, Lovren saw before the Champions League final, didn't he? Have, you know, Klopp wants to, me to be an aggressive defender. And what, what you're seeing is Virgil van Dijk covering that depth 
and Joe Gomez going for the ball when it's getting into the striker's feet and he's not giving them a moment's breath and he'll go and press and he'll hold the line. It was absolutely superb. But he did the same against... He, was, he did it against Arnautovic, didn't he? And that, more the, the physicality, it's, again, people going to the game going, I'm targeting you. And the you and you would think Joe Gomez was a little passive because he's he's quite a quiet lad. He's you know he's, he's well spoken. He doesn't come across like like cocky. He doesn't mm. like he look like he's a lad who's got loads of swagger or whatever about him. But um, he's had some real battling qualities in the two games so far, and they're the things where again as a centre forward they'll come away from that having not got any change out of him in terms of you know in terms of pace or aerially, and then you're getting kicked and pushed and poked and prodded throughout the entire 90 minutes by him as well. So, you, you know, these guys are walking off the pitch thinking, bloody hell, I've been in the game here as well. Yeah, OK. Uh, we'll move it on then. Uh, let's just... Uh, I want to show you a little clip from the Stats and Tactics. Uh, this is... Uh, the episode this week is called Analysing Liverpool's Superb Defence. If you're new to Stats and Tactics and you're not a subscriber to the website, you will be new to it, uh, which means you don't know what the show is about. So I'm here to tell you. It's dead easy. We look every time Liverpool have a game in-depth at all the stats and all the tactical things that we can notice during a game. We'll watch the game back, we'll look at it, and we'll see if we can highlight anything that we think is worth noting. It's really, it's really well-received show on the website. Um, people have been giving me fantastic feedback now. Here's a nice little clip and a motorbike. That was everyone legging it to the website. There. <laughs> <laughs> right, look at that. That's not Liverpool. This is now 85 minutes into the game. You've got a nice line of four defenders. Perfect. You've got a nice, compact midfield three. You've got Naby Keita going out towards the ball. You've got Jordan Henderson. You've got Genie Wijnaldum. Not only that, you've got Mo Salah and uh, Roberto Firmino there. All within 25 yards of our goal. All when it's 1-0. What a difficult place. Look how many pa Palace... There's, there's one lad in the box. They've got one, two, three, four, five. We've got nine. That's not Liverpool Football Club. That's not the Liverpool that you're told that you support. That's the Liverpool and the Jürgen Klopp that can defend when they need to defend. We saw it in that game. We walked out of there with three points and it's because of defending like this in key situations and key times of the game that we're able to do this. So we did this last week, man. Stay. Really enjoyed it. Um, and it was just to talk a little bit about our rivals. Um, obviously, we, we, you briefly mentioned City smashing Huddersfield 6-1 at the weekend. Um Let's have a let's have a talk through it now. You, did you see the, the obviously you've seen the game? Did it worry you at the time, and does it worry you that how amazing Manchester City still look? No, um, doesn't worry me. It's just how good Man City are. They are they are what they are. There's, if 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 we were coming into this campaign and we both let's say Man United had won the league last year and mm -hmm. Liverpool and City had had been second or third or third or fourth or whatever, and then we done what we'd done and then we came into the season as we are but Man City had started this way I'd be like oh Christ it could be you know it could be them taking a step up have they taken a bigger step up with them they, they can't really there's no there's no way for them to go they're not going to have a better season domestically than they had last year they could you know it's it's possible for them to have an equally good one I guess but it's still highly unlikely Um them starting well is, is is to be expected. I think there's probably a few people who saw the Kevin De Bruyne injury thought and thought that somehow their team was going to come undone. Uh, he didn't play in the first game either, as a as a recall. Um, so you know, and he was injured apart last season. Really, you know exactly. So the thing is, and also, and the, the thing to take 
hope and heart from in regards to the Man City thing is that it happens a lot of times with teams being brightly very early on and then you find it difficult in, in, in continuing that. Man City's title success last season wasn't built on 6-1 wins. It was built on scraping last-minute wins against in, in, in tight Southampton, Southampton, exactly. I think Huddersfield as well. They did a similar thing. So there was a, there was probably like a handful of games where they scored in injury time. That was what won the you know. I mean, it didn't because they won it by that many points. But you, you take my meaning mm. on that. I'm not surprised. They're, they're, the, they're the results that give a team confidence and a squad confidence and the belief that they're not going to be beat. We've seen Man United do it for years. Yeah, yeah. They're always the most important ones when you think you're not getting something out of the game and you get everything out of the game. For me, I look at it and I must admit, you know, I am worried about them because you know I want Liverpool to win the title. I think they're better set up for domestic success than we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their game plan works better against teams who sit back than us. Um, I'm yet to see... Look, 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 we haven't played enough games with these new players for me to see it any different than yeah. last season, to be honest with yeah. you. We've played Palace, who were a very counter-attacking side, and we've done them, but I want to see a bank of games. I feel like they've got the experience and the know-how to be able to do that. I still see us right now, and this could change in a month's time, as being perfectly set up for European football. Mm-hmm. We've still like to exploit that space in the channels, for example. That's the type of stuff that you can do in, in, in European aways, yeah. where we just don't get the opportunity in, in away games in the Premier League a lot of the time. So for me, I do, I do look at it and I am a little bit worried. But, you know, with the additions of Fabinho and Keita and Alisson, that could change. We were two games into the league season. This isn't the best Liverpool that we're going to see this season. Oh, God, Liverpool are miles off where, where we need to be. Just look at the front three. You know, you, Mane's, been, Mane's got three goals in two games. He's been the best of our front three so far, but I wouldn't say he's been world-class so far this season. Salah looks off the pace. Firmino looks off the pace. That's absolutely fine. Again, it's two games into the season and contextually you've got to look around the league at the minute. And I said this in the, probably it was in the season preview that I think the season's going to be defined by the first four games and probably the last four games. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the moment all Liverpool have got to do for me is pick up then the, win the next two games for now, you know, as a very basic start to that. The goal difference thing will, will, I think, will probably even itself out, you know, over 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 the course of the season, and then you, you get you'll be presented with the, those sliding doors moments as the season progresses. One of them last season was us getting tonked by Man City yeah. after we got Mane sent off. I think Another most people watching them, look at the defence since then. Yeah, you know, but most of us would look at that Man City game and say that we all, we felt we were well in with the Chelsea winning that game before before the red card. If that happens, it happened. Something maybe happens differently. We had a terrible run of form around that time as well, where we just couldn't. We we, we drew so many games of football. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's going to be the, the telling thing. I don't think Liverpool need to be winning. We don't, we don't need more. We don't have more 7-0 wins this season than we had last season. It'd be nice. What we need, well, yeah, but what we need to have is more 2-1 wins. Oh. More two, more 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 Palace wins. More more two two ones. More two nils. And if we do that, then it will will be everything there, else will look after itself. I tell you, you talked about the first four games, the first last last four games defining a season. Manchester United hasn't gone so well so mm. far. Um, it was a lo- it was a lovely weekend for us, wasn't it? Really, I. Was trying to keep track of the scores and I had no phone signal. And once I saw the city score, I was like, Oh, look, I can't be asked. And again, I mentioned it earlier, but I, I'm paraphrasing from Paul Tompkins, who said, Like, he's not gonna, he's gonna try his best not I've to read watch that, our rivals. I, I, okay, I've read a different he, tweet out of his twice because he said it's just it's too exhausting watching your rivals because it just you just get disappointed. So I I saw that and thought, oh, I don't, I don't need to. Man United are going to win this because that's how, that's what's going to happen. They're going to play Brighton. They're going to win. And then I flicked it on. It was three one. I was like, yes, yeah, uh, and then obviously, hello. Then it was three two at the end. It's normally you that does that. Yeah, um, because it's normally me that has the broken one. The um, so yeah, fantastic. And the best thing about it is that they've been gearing up towards this all summer. I, I don't watch any Man United content, but I, you know, I, 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 you can't you of, can't miss Goldbridge. Well, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of mates who are Man United fans who we work with as well, and they they do channels. And you see, and we therefore we subscribe to their channels. I see the headlines, and I see the thumbnails, and I see like Mourinho meltdown. What's going on with Jose House? And like, is it time for Mourinho to go? <laughs> it's fucking delicious, Chris. Um, and that's where we're at, at the moment. Is that they'll be if they just keep their heads down and just get on with it. Man United will probably finish third this season, and that should be fine. But shouldn't be fine, not for them, Paul. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, but that's the thing: is their their fans and and it's been bubbling under the surface because Mate, that, those guys about the style of play hurt them. Yeah, of course it will. How many years has it been since they've won the title now? They're starting to enter the wilderness years yeah. and they don't even realise it yet mm. because he's won a couple of tin pots. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's it. You know, and, and that's the that's the great thing because four quickly becomes fucking twenty eight. Trust me, we've we've been through it. Do you I've know what I mean? I've been trying to say this to them for a season or two now, and and, and I, I kind of you know I've not shouted this from the rooftop so much um, because Man United are the ultimate like horror movie villain out there you know just when you think they're dead they come back for another scare and I can't so I can't ever relax I can't ever allow myself to sit back with my hands behind my head and you know light a, a cigar to the demise of Man United remind me to show you a video after this okay, I, okay just say the word cigar to me you can't celebrate the demise of Man United because inevitably they just go out and spend 200 million pounds and then they're fine the next year <laughs> Um 
and that's the problem. That's the problem with them. But at the minute, it looks like they they are combusting. And I've said it to you previously. They are exactly like they're entering into exactly what Liverpool have gone through. Because you know, when Liverpool got into the nineties, all of our best players became pundits, and they, by comparison to their eras, <laughs> Liverpool fell well beneath those standards. So they were just the ultimate critics of the Liverpool side, and they were always a bit derisory, a bit, a bit of sneer when they talked about even the best players and what have you. That's happening to Man United right now. You've got Roy Keane hates them. Skulls hates them. Gary Neville is trying everything in his power to Roy justify just everyone. Well, That's like yeah. a blanket. Well, I, exactly, yeah. exactly. But, you know, his voice carries weight to Man United fans because they loved him as a player. And even, you know, so his cuts strike deeper than, than most because, well, they still think they've, ne- they've never replaced him. Yeah. Still never replaced Roy right. Keane as the holding mid, and then he and now he's looking down his nose at everything they're doing, and it, it does it. It's fantastic. It, yeah, it okay, it's we'll, wonderful. We'll move it on. Spurs have been pretty boring, and Kane scored a goal in August, which I was really disappointed with. You yeah. know, it, it's just and I, I know it didn't matter because he scores like thirty in the other eight months of the season. <laughs> yeah. But it really pissed them off, and I was I was all for that. Yeah, I, to be fair, like I, I must admit, I, I've been checking the scores of the first game of the season, and, and I did have a little chuckle when I saw he'd not score because I was like, yeah, it's carrying on. I, mean, I mean, it was, it was, was quality, a, it was, was quality a, little aberration. There's an there was a, there's an inevitability to it, isn't it? it, it maybe it just means that he. I mean, to be fair, if it means that he now can't, he doesn't score in May, that'd be great. May would be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely sound. But they um, only stop putting the pressure on in February or March, sure. Paul. So maybe that's the month that they need to not. Yeah, not absolutely. Score. Um, so yeah, I mean, finally, you know, Harry Kane's good, isn't he? And it was inevitable that he was going to do it. I, I've not, to be honest, Spurs have gone a little bit under the radar. That's what happens not, when you don't do anything in the transfer well, window, no, exactly. Like because they, people don't think you can coach a side to be better than they were the year before. I yeah, I I'm just waiting for it all to fall apart at Spurs, and it's and it's not. not and that, but that's the thing is that it's been bubbling under all summer for them too. Same as Man United, their fans are all a bit a bit windy about it. They're not sure what's going for. They're not happy. Um, but it's fine because they don't know fo- when they get, where they're going. So what's the game? Oh, that's true. Like, but but they're winning football matches, so it doesn't it doesn't exactly. it doesn't matter. If they have a couple of bad results, things will start to turn there as well, which is really again, it's brilliant. It, it, it's, I just don't think that that's going to happen. They're too good a side, unfortunately. Um, it'll be it'll be determined by injuries as ever. Yeah, I mean, listen, what I would say to Spurs fans, and, and they don't give a shit what I think, but I'm going to tell you anyway, and and. I truly believe this. Pochettino's very similar to Klopp, and if you can't improve the side, he's not going to spend the friggin' money. What's the point in making your bench a little bit better if he doesn't believe it? If he wants a £75 million centre-back and he's willing to wait for that £75 million centre-back, then he should wait for that £75 million centre-back. He'll be a long time dead if he's waiting for £75 million. True, true. Uh, And finally, the most mental game of the weekend, the Chelsea-Arsenal game, was absolutely brilliant. It was, and it was funny because I spent most of the first half thinking, Arsenal are just shit, aren't they? Arsenal are really bad. And yet, by the time I got to the end of the first half, I was like, they could have been... Over the hills and far away, won that game. And it, I think it, that's where the shots kept going. Paul. But this is this is exactly what I said in January. Arsenal would do, and no, you can see what all Arsenal are is Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, and then plug one or two others. Like, oh, we had a really good game. To be fair, they are entirely hinged upon the individual qualities of the players in that team, like they, United. Yeah, yeah. Well, less, I think Arsenal are changing it. I yeah, think Man United I, truly are. I think less so. Actually, I think less so with Man United, and only so much as Mourinho's put a, ba- a strong a base in there, hasn't he? And then he allows then then the the, the individual talents do their bits, just the Mourinho way, isn't it? Whereas 
Emery's not had a chance to come in and get everyone up to speed on what they're trying to do. They're doing a really bollocks impression of what... Do you know what they are? The Brendan Rodgers Liverpool. That's exactly what they are at the minute. They are... Early doors, 12, 13, Brendan Rodgers, where, remember when we played Arsenal at Anfield and we'd been doing this passing out from the back very, you know, uh, for, for a few a few weeks or whatever, and we were like, woo, isn't this exciting? And we played Arsenal, who were the passing team of the Premier League, and they just passed us to death, and it was like, shit, we're trying to play to them go. at their game, whereas now Arsenal are trying to play Chelsea, City, Spurs, and Liverpool at their own game, and they're miles away. Three from years doing it. behind us, yeah, exactly. you know, and that's what it's going to be. And Chelsea, I think there's, you know, there's, they worry me again a little bit, not because I think that they're the best team in the league, but the fact that they've got six points after two games when really they maybe shouldn't have. Yeah, and that, and that there's something at the back of my mind that thinks back to that Conte season where you know it just clicked for those Chelsea players. And if there is a group of players that it can click for, it's these lads that they've got because they're so used to changing, they're so adaptable. Yeah. And it must be like you know when on Footy Manager, if there's an adaptability, like that must be the first thing on fucking Abramovich's thing. Adaptability twenty. Because I'm going to change the manager. I'm going to change the manager every week. Yeah. So you're going to have to be adaptable, lads. No, absolutely. And um, the thing is, what what like Man United have lost. Um, in recent years is those guys who've been there and done that Chelsea have got that and everyone kind of forgets because they do this up and down thing they win the league then the shit then they win the league then the shit like they're on course to win the league again by that by the recent you know the recent pattern the thing is is that look Sarri's a good manager isn't he and, and they've got again they went up a gear they went up a level when Hazard came onto the pitch because he's by far and away the best player in that squad and that and they've been keeping him in reserve at the minute so there's there's more to come from Chelsea but what another thing that we've seen a lot for Chelsea in the last 20 years is them getting a new manager in things looking great and everyone going early on wow these are a real power and then when the euphoria of the new manager and people playing with a bit of freedom meets the crossover point between training and learning a new way of playing yeah. under your new manager. Like it's worked in work with Conte because he hit upon the this you know the the third the back was like a a revolution at the time and it took half a season for everyone to get onto what the hell was was happening. Will Sari have something that's that? No, I think Sari's gone the other way. I think Sari's just gone, here's what we're playing. I don't have the players because you didn't sack the previous manager in time to, for me to get a left back yeah. in. Um, so we're going to we're gonna do this and we're going to do this because this is the way that I'm going to do it yeah. and you are going to do it and that's that. So, okay, we've got time for a couple of questions. How long in are we? Okay, we've got time for a few questions then. I'm uh, going to start with uh, a Klopsy20. Hello, Marzi. Where do you think Van Dyke ranks among the top centre-backs today? I saw, of course, a little bit of Monday Night Football when I got back from the, the, the match last night and I, I, I saw Gary Neville doing his, being very cheerless about how, like, well, you've got to say that Sergio Ramos has won X amount of European Cup, so you can't you can't say that Van Dijk's the best because he hasn't won anything. Blah 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 blah. It's like, great, I love that argument. That's fantastic. That's the argument that stops Leo Messi from being ever, ever, ever compared to Maradona or Pele. Yeah. Um, when, I mean, come on. Um, I think it, the, what what people. This is the thing that always baffles me on this one is when you are saying who is the best player ever. You are defining that it's not the team that they played in, yeah. because you were saying the word player. Yeah, and you you can't judge him yeah. on his teammates yeah, in this exactly. in this regard. And in that in this regard, I mean, I, I can't, I'm not going to rank it rank it because I don't watch enough European football. To Nobody likes to rank it, rank it, rank it, rank it, rank it. Um, Rafa Varane's amazing. Yeah. Um, 
I think he's I think he's he's in that upper echelon of the best centre half in world. He's football. the best centre half in the Premier League, full stop. Uh he's top five in Europe. So, for me. Yeah. Newcastle fans TV. You have to pick two players to start from our club. Who are they and why? I'll take this one. Lascelles, because I think he's dead good, and Matt Ritchie, because you told me to pick two. Next question. <laughs> Mo Syed, Moesi 81. Do you feel Klopp doesn't make the best use of his bench? Yeah, that doesn't use all three subs or makes changes very late. No, I think this is a bit of one of those things that we've always got to find something that we're not happy with at any given time. I've seen a couple of people tweeting about this. We, um, we had loads of questions about this. Yeah. Loads of questions. I, I th- about was it this. meant Mentioned on commentary or something I don't like because I because it's weird how you always find that sometimes. I think like, it was the fact that Sturridge's average position when I looked at it this morning was on the corner mm. flag, so he must have come on and stood by the corner flag or something with about three seconds come left on, to go. His, ball, his average position, he must we must have been taking a corner and yeah. that was it. I'd, I'd, I'd forgotten that he came on. To be fair, like so, yeah. I mean, I get it. I think a lot of this comes down to is that people people are just hungry to see more of Shakiri. Yeah. People are hungry to see see a bit more of Daniel Sturridge. Maybe people Fabinho. Daniel people Sturridge. really want well, to see Fabinho. Well, there's a, there is a question about Fabinho. Isn't it was there? about ninety yeah. questions about well, Fabinho. Well, let's tie it in because hi, no ban, please. Um, Christian account says thoughts about him not being included in the squad for now and I think it ties into that same thing I think people are people see this and they go I want to see I want to see more of him it's like just chill your beans it's a lot loads of games of it's footy loads season. of games of footy we're going to see Fabinho a couple of people mentioned the thing to me about the substitutes last night to be fair about like well, I, I'd have brought Shaqiri on I'm like I thought about it and I'm like who are you going to bring him on for do you bring him on in the midfield and run the risk of going a bit too much one way when you've only got a 1-0 lead do you bring him on for Mohamed Salah? Well, Salah set up the winning goal in the last, you know, what, two minutes of the game or whatever. So that maybe that doesn't happen if you bring and for me. Shikari if you're gonna bring Shakiri on, it would have been for Firmino. Maybe in that instance. But it, and it, the problem we've got with all of these guys, with the exception of Daniel Sturridge, is that what we've seen. You need to discount to some extent what you've seen in pre-season because. Yeah. You can take that. You can gamble in preseason games. It doesn't matter if the guy doesn't fully understand his role. I mean, for fuck's sake, I said this about the the Man United preseason game. Shaqiri had no idea how Liverpool warm up shots pre-match. He had no idea where the balls were coming from. He was just like a dog chasing his tail. Like the ball comes from me. The ball comes from me. Quick, quick, and. That is fine in pre-season, and it was great. He had a great little cameo, didn't he? Playing in the false nine against uh, Napoli, was it? Um, but this is a Premier League game. You don't take. You just don't take. There's no point in like taking that. those risks. And listen, I, I, I actually said the substitute that I would make was the one the clock made. I'd bring Henderson on for mm-hmm. Milner. Uh, that was the substitute because I felt we needed to put our foot on the ball, yeah. and he did that within. Tied 30 seconds, he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and started moving the ball quickly, yeah. which is exactly what you want. Now, you can, it's also the second game of the season after eight days' break. Yeah. We're not uh, right now in danger of the squad falling apart. We will see rotation, yeah. of course, we'll see rotation. We will see these players as the season goes on. Klopp will tell us when the best time to see these players are. You know, we saw Andrew Robertson put into this side because of a Moreno injury. We saw Alex Oxley Chamberlain brought into the side when he was ready to yeah. be brought into to the side we all want to say we trust the manager it's time to show that you trust the manager and not just say it we have got a, there's a list of players that the Klopp's got in front of him and they've, and they've, and then they're probably subcategory down into different pools and, there's the and with little ma- match fitness percentages really? can we have match fitness percentages Abs- down the right hand side because everybody needs a match form and morale next to it as oh, well morale that's a great yeah, job where the- did you get that idea from <laughs> uh, yeah Thanks, Collier brothers. Um, the two football manager references in a, in, a, in a show. Good. We can do better. 
There is the 100% fit and 100% match fit pool. And these are the guys who are ready to play 90 minutes week in, week out until we reach the Champions League when it's two games and then be, that'll be a different thing. There is the 100% fit but not 100% Sorry, you match fit. You, you genuinely lost me. I just zoned out for a second there and you were still talking. Go again. 100% fit, 100% match fit. Yeah, with you. 100% fit, yeah. not match, not yet match lost fit. Me. I'm just playing. Okay. The um, and then there's another pool who, who fall somewhere, you know, on the other side. So maybe not 100% fit, then therefore not match fit. And so what we're finding is there's players who need to play games to get that match sharp. And so that is Roberto Firmino because he's had a decent amount of training time, not loads, but some. You've got the and basically what I'm saying is there's still lads going through preseason effectively. Mm -hmm. So you know, Jordan Henderson's the prime example of this. Um, Dejan's going to have to Dejan's going to have to exactly Adam Lallana to some extent because we're still making we're still building up his levels and his resistance well, we're playing, and, and we're, we're playing you. games behind closed doors 60 minute games yeah. last week yeah. you know that tells you all you need to know there's lads there that need minutes yeah. and, and Klopp's getting them minutes yeah. it just might not be on the first exactly. team pitch and he's got that he's got to balance it because there's some guys that he's going to he's going to have to it's like spinning the plate he's going to have to get them fit while the season's yeah. running but there's other guys who it's a long it's a long season we said this before this is what I said Season is defined by the start and the end, and we we've got to find a way to win every game at the start, and also find a way to win every game at the end. And the only way we're going to win every game at the end is if we've got players physically capable of taking to the pitch at the end of the season. And so that's uh, you know, that's what we're doing at the moment, and that's why you see Jordan Henderson's coming off the bench because he needs to. We're slowly building him back up to to his match hours. I think that's why we saw Lalana just in a little bit because he's probably ready to start. Dipping his dipping his and toe in that regard. Head. Oh god, yeah, don't start me. Did on. you see the Photoshop of the mountain that someone put on his head? It's incredible. You couldn't even tell the difference. I didn't. I Did actually zoomed in and I was like, I mountain. think that might just be his hair. No, I think it was a mountain. I think I've been up. No way to no way to know. <laughs> Who knows? If you know, let us know in the comments section below. Anyway, uh, we'll move on. Uh, two more questions. Jonas Coughlin, uh, the team outside the top six that you dislike the most besides Everton. Ooh, I want to say Watford. Why? Because is it because of Bogdan? It's because we went to Watford and got battered by them. And, uh, Three now. And I remember it well. Yeah. It was terrible. And Bogdan corner. We got Bogdan. We got Bogdan. Um, I'm going to say Southampton. I, I don't really care about any of the teams outside the top six apart from Everton, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, I had to look at the Premier League table to see if anyone riled me up the wrong way. And I looked at it and I went... I don't really, I don't really, I don't like any of yeah. you. Stoke have gone, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Southampton, just because I'm really bored of them. Yeah. They used to be a bit of a yo-yo club and I preferred them that way. Yeah. I, the and is, the, the fucking, we used to buy all their players and their fans got a bit of a stink they, up about they, it. Southampton they, fans they hate us. Hate us and like, and hate that's us. fine. And, and, that, and that's why, you know, I, I don't like it. On the Wofford thing, I think also the fact that I just think they're a bit of a Southern Everton. Like they the, do feel a bit so. I mean, Zed Cars, Zed Cars thing as well is a big is a big deal. That, that riles me. So yeah, that's that, that's, that's a good re that's a good reason to not like what. There's a, there's a few teams in there. Like, to be fair, I, I always had a bit of a soft spot for Palace growing up because of, uh, family friends who, who supported them and what have you. But um, I really dislike them because I just I don't. You shouldn't have to work that hard against <laughs> that team like like Crystal Palace to win. But we do. You know what I mean? I still remember us beating them nine 0 but I also remember the FA Cup semi final. So. Uh, yeah, okay. we have got an absolute belter of a question to end the show on. So, at Robbie Morris 08 says, All time Prem 11, but you can only use one player from each club. Okay. Now, this took a little bit of work. Mm. We gave it our full, you know, 
three times sex attention, six minutes. Um, three times sex yeah, attention? Two minutes each times three, six minutes attention. Six? Six. Not sex. I did say sex at the beginning. Right. Three times sex. I just did sex and, me, and, me, and you, I lost my train of thought. Okay, fine. That's totally understandable. That's fine. Everybody's there going, what the fuck? What is going What about? is happening? He was doing all right there. There was a couple of times he stumbled over and he made words up. I, but other than that, he was generally doing okay, Paul. I woke up in London this morning and I drove and I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm so... What was you after I had to off? do. I had to do the thing. Yeah, yeah. Week off with the kids. There's no week off. No, it's I, true. I, I had I'm to do the to thing for a, a, a break. I had to do the thing where I had like a, a, a cycle of driving where I'd listen to podcasts until I started to nod off, and I'd have to listen to some metal to wake me up, and then I'd let me head I'd start to it after that too much that, and then I'd go back to podcasts for a bit, and then I had to stop for a wee and walk around and shake it off a bit, like and yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. And I've picked a, a <laughs> phenomenal all-time Premier Eleven. Who you gone with? I have gone. Um, bear in mind there will be much better answers for this oh mate I forgot he moved to them yeah so we, I, I have used the fullness of players moving from to different clubs to help me through this which means that I've got Peter Schmeichel in goal Villa but I've gone Villa like I could have I, I could have had I, I wanted Schmeichel in goal I've written his name you but know I what I did get him. I wrote and you, you won't be able to see it but I wrote K Schmeichel and then went Peter oh my god he played for Villa <laughs> Peesh, Michael. Amazing. Um, so, so I went with Van der Sar at Fulham. Okay. That's a sound. That Same thing. such a good shout. Yeah. Same thing. Forgot Brilliant. that Michael went to Villa. But there we go. Um, right back, let's go. i gone for Gary Kelly of Leeds United fame. Who, uh, you know what? He was a good right back, man. He was brilliant. But he, he, he will be, he's probably one of those who's been forgotten over the years. There's probably people who are under the age of 30. Side, do you know who Gary Kelly is? Yeah, it's fine. Thanks, Si. Um, put the face, face, size face up. Did you just fuck? I just took a poo on the front of his car, like. Um, Again. What? But, <laughs> um, yeah, Gary Kelly. Uh, Gary Neville, yeah. Man United. I would have, like, the Gary Neville shout sound, I just couldn't not have a Man United player further up the further up the pitch. I didn't need them to be fair. I've got a decent little yeah. side. Yeah. Um, I've gone Colin Hendry from Blackburn. Yeah, me too. Uh, Rio Ferdinand from Leeds. I went West Ham. Nice. Rio Ferdinand, yeah. Uh, Ashley Cole from Arsenal or Chelsea. Arsenal, Arsenal. Uh, wow, uh, Gareth Bale from Spurs. I like that. Yeah. I've gone Gareth Bale from Spurs as a winger. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of getting uh, yeah two for the price of one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, my right wing, I've got him cutting in, which he obviously never did in the Premier League, but I've gone <laughs> Gareth Bale from Spurs. Okay. You've gone 4-4-2, Yeah, and you? I've gone old school, mate. Go on, give us your midfield. Steven Gerrard from Liverpool. Obviously. Kante from Leicester. Ooh. It's a shout that one, that wasn't is it? a shout. So I, my, I went for a midfield three of Claude Machalelli, Chelsea, uh, Patrick Vieira, Arsenal, Steven Gerrard, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to worry, but I have got Kante who can do the yeah, work of yeah, three yeah, players. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I've gone Hazard, Chelsea, left wing. Okay. And on the other wing? Bale from Spurs. Of course. Um, okay, I went with uh, 4-3-3. So my left winger is Ryan Giggs and my right winger was David Silva. <sighs> yeah. Decent, that like. I, I can see your forwards. So your forwards, obviously, Alan Shearer from Newcastle. Uh -huh. um, I love the fact that you've got 
a really a, a proper winger that would work with Alan Shearer in Ryan Giggs there. I, I nearly tried to get Shearer from Newcastle and Stuart Ripley from Blackburn. Well, in. I was tempted to go 4-4-2 and have Blackburn Shearer and Newcastle Shearer partnering because nice. Pacey Young Shearer with Target with Target well, you want Shearer. Southampton Shearer then as well. Ooh. You could have had that. Oh, was he? Was that prep? Was I don't know if it was prem or not. I think it was like ninety-one or something. Yeah. But I've gone with Shearer and Aguero up front. Decent. Classic big man, little man. You know what I mean? That's a bloody decency. Yeah. So obviously Shearer from Newcastle, Aguero from City. Uh, let me know in the comments on YouTube whether you can do better than that. That's such so a the, good question. So the the rules are simple. Um, you can pick one player from any team, but you have to come up with an all-time Premier League eleven. And kudos to at Robbie Morris eight on Twitter who asked us that. One. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, Paul's been great to have you back, mate. Thanks, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm so happy to be back, and you, hopefully you not in the studio for too much longer. God damn, it's depression. Yeah, people, and you know what the most annoying thing don't is? like the new studio. These people use who are commenting studio. all the time. I don't, I don't get why they've changed for this shit all. Yeah, yeah, we know, we know, we know. It's we know, we know the we know. office is there. Everyone is so annoyed, and uh, and I, I've only literally been here for like an hour. Um, it's the most depressing place to do a show. Like I've got a hard couple of days ahead of me to get this new studio going, but yeah, stay tuned. Stay tuned next week, hopefully, for the next podcast. It should be up and running. Excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much for watching. Uh, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to us on YouTube, and if you're on iTunes and all them podcast apps that you guys have nowadays, then do give us a five-star rating and let us know what you thought of the show on Twitter. Thanks very much. Ta-ra. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.